Gloria. Welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. I am really looking forward to sharing some stories with you today. And also, I'm going to take you on a journey, a little journey where you can do it whether you're watching, washing the dishes, walking, probably don't do it when you're driving. And um, you're going to do a little reading for yourself during the journey. So we'll see how that, what goes on and what happens, everything. When I do things like that, it's pretty much I get the ideas and then I just go into the channeling space and I let my guides take over. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about a couple of things that are going on that are super exciting that I would love for you to participate in. First one is my Soulful Living Celebration, and you can learn all about it at joinsoul.com. I would check it out right away. The one that's happening right now is um, starting May 18th, May 19th, I think around then. And it's a week-long celebration where we are going to learn about your higher self, your guides, the symbolic language of your soul. I'm going to do a fun little channeling exercise with you, do some readings in there. We're going to do some tarot exercises. We're going to meet as a group and do some tarot exercises. It's really action-packed. So go to joinsoul.com and check that out. And if it's after that date, still check it out because you just never know when it's going to be happening again or something else is going to be happening on that page at joinsoul.com. So definitely go over there. The other thing that is happening is I am doing a book and we are inviting you to write your personal story about guides. So if you go to sacredstories.com and you look at common sentience, it's C-O-M-M-O-N-S-E-N-T-I-E-N-C-E. And you click on that link, you're going to learn all about the Common Sentience, Sentience book series, and I'm writing the one on guides. And you can read about submitting a story and all the other great authors on there and learn more about um, the kinds of stories they're looking for and be part of this incredible collaboration. Ariel, who is uh, the publisher at Sacred Stories, approached me. She's a really wonderful woman. I've known her for a while. I did a course um, for their Sacred U University. And she asked me if I'd be interested in doing this. And I was like, oh yeah, I would love to do it. It'd be great. And she's having me focus on guides that are like um, earthly beings or ascended masters, people that show up in human form. So that could be saints, that could be ascended masters like St. Germain, um, Jesus. It could be your father, your grandfather. It could be an aunt you never met. Or it could be somebody in the earth plane that you've never even met, and but they show up kind of in earthly form. So go check that out. Go read about it. And there's also um, some guidelines to it. And then we did an interview on my Facebook page at Marilyn Aloria One. It's my business page. And um, we share more the kinds of stories that you can submit. And I'm really excited about this. Um, so go check it out. And I believe you have until June 30th to submit it. Okay. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying not to make too much noise because I know this mic picks up everything. Um, looking into different mics. And also I noticed my breathing is like, <laughs> but there's no animals in here with me today. So if we are picking up other sounds, we know where that's coming from. Okay, guys, uh, check it out. Check those two things out, joinsoul.com and also um, sacredstories.com and go to Common Sentience to read about the book series. And you'll hear a little music now. And then we will start this week's episode. So remember, go to sacredstories.com and joinsoul.com for the soulful celebration. I'll see you in a minute or however long. It's probably only a couple of seconds. I'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Aloya, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. I can't believe we are on episode 32. Pretty freaking cool. I am having a blast doing this, really so much fun, and I love connecting with all of you, and I also love hearing from all of you that you're getting so much out of it, so do please send in those emails at info at whocanitbenailpodcast.com, or you can come to my Facebook page and chat with us there, Marilyn Aloria one and Instagram, I'm going to start getting better at Instagram, so you might as well go on to Instagram too, and I'll, I can chat with you there, chat with you there. So this episode, I first want to fill you in a bit about what's going on in my own life. I'm actually going to read you a little bit from my journal. And then I want to take you on a journey, your own uh, journey, because I really feel that my biggest thing and why I teach people is because I know that you have everything that you need inside of you. You have all the answers. You have the ability to get those answers. You are an extremely powerful being. You are an extremely gifted being. And it's really empowering when you can like Feel the universe's support, your guide's support, understand the symbolic language of your soul and how the universe, your guides 
are communicating with you and get the answers for yourself. Because when you go through that journey where you're like having a question in your mind or finding confusion in something, and then you kind of surrender it to God, the universe, your guides, if you're intimately know your guides, and then you start just being the receptor to the information, to the language, to the answers, to the wisdom that's being imparted on you through the repetitive symbols or the uh, intuitive hits that you get, or maybe even the words that are coming down into your head because spirit is speaking to you. It's really an empowering thing to start weaving together the symbols, the signs, the dialogue, um, whether you're hearing it, seeing it, feeling, sensing, knowing, or all of the above. And then you start getting the answers. It gives you this really powerful foundation to jump off of. It really gives you this incredible um, sense of, I'm doing it. I can do this. I'm in um, the driver's seat of my life and I'm not alone. And it helps you to open those doors and walk down those alleyways and walk down those hallways and just really participate in your life and the journey of your life. And that to me is why I do the work that I do, because it's not about you coming to me for the answers. It's about you coming to me. Well, you can go to anybody you want. <laughs> it doesn't have to come to me, but you're listening to me. So to get the techniques and the tools in order to get the answers for yourself. So I do have a really creative way of teaching that I feel can be a lot of fun, be experiential, and help you to dive into the answers that are sitting inside the seat of your soul in a way that makes it kind of unbelievable. You're like, oh my goodness, how the heck did I get that? Or how did I do that? Or how did I do this or do that, that, you know, and it's really quite enjoyable to me to be able to do that with people. So um, I want to share with you a, a couple of things that I think are really important. The first thing I want to talk to you about is asking empowering questions and not questions that disempower you. I've been in a conversation with one of my moderators in Membership for Your Soul, Jennifer, and we've been talking about um, empowering questions and she's been sharing with me her experience. She's been in membership, I think now for four years, she did Soul Finder Academy and now she's a moderator in membership. And she shared with me how it, like if she had heard me talk about how important it is to ask empowering questions years ago, she wouldn't have understood it, but now she can finally understand it. And it makes her, you know, I do, um, we'll do group readings and stuff like that in my programs. And she, um, says that, she understands now how to, to state a question so that it becomes more empowering than disempowering. So I want to give you a couple of tips and techniques for this because I think it's really important that no matter who you seek out in order to guide you, support you, and help you on your journey, you're in an empowered place. So there are many times you're seeking out help because you're in such a vulnerable place. But there is a difference from being in a vulnerable place, but still standing in your strong foundation of who you are or being in a vulnerable place where you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I can't control anything. I can't do anything. Please fix me or please tell me what to do. And that second option can get you into trouble if you fall into the hands of someone who really doesn't have your best interest at heart. So some of this is coming about because I've been sharing with you about all the people that I have surrounding me right now. And whether you've listened to it on other episodes or not, I'll share with, me, if, with you right now because I'm going to take you down a journey and a story with um, this, with my team that's around me. And then I'm going to read you something from my journal, which um, from right after 9-11. So I have a writing coach, um, an EMDR therapist a tennis coach, a business coach. <laughs> I have some peers around me um, who from my business mastermind that have been really beneficial. So they're kind of like coaches in and of themselves. And then I do have a team of people that support me in my business. Um, so I would definitely say there's a support system there. But I'm talking more about the people I go to because I'm feeling extremely vulnerable in my life right now but I'm not allowing the, I'm allowing the vulnerability to catapult me into greatness, not stop me. So um, I want to share with you what that is about and how I ask empowering questions and not disempowering questions and why, and to kind of give you some examples, because 
when I take you on a journey on this um, podcast, I want to share with you, I want you to ask an empowering question and then go on the journey. So I was talking to my writing coach and I was sharing, I shared a piece of writing with him, but I was also sharing with him all these people around me that are surrounding me right now. And he's been having me write about 9-11 and um, my relationship with my father, very difficult things that definitely are part of the story of my second podcast that I'll be, um, that I'm in the process of writing. And um, when I shared this with him, he said, oh, I, I think he said, I want to be the Tin Man. I'm the Tin Man. And I was like laughing and he's like, so he puts, he's like, you have to write a piece about your, you know, your people around you and who's the cowardly lion and who's the, the Tin Man and who's the scarecrow and, um, and, and Oz and everything like that. And I'm like, oh man, you know, don't make me do the Wizard of Oz. He, Bruce is my writing coach and he's great. He's phenomenal. And I just feel like sometimes he challenges me, but I challenge him back from a very empowered place. I'll be like, Bruce, like when he asked me to write about my father, I was like, I don't want to write about my father. You know, leave me alone. Stop asking me to write these things. And of course I dive in and I write about it, but I first start writing about the Golden State Killer. And I'm like, okay, why am I distracting myself writing about the Golden State Killer when he's asking me to write about my father? Well, because it's easier because I was writing this, I was reading, watching this um, docu-series about the Golden State Killer at the same time he was asking me to write about my father. Everything has meaning. And that's one of the things I'm trying to teach you in this podcast or share with you. And you may already know this. So, um, but I want to show you how everything has meaning. So Bruce had asked me to do that. And I was like, oh, and, and I'm somebody who actually hates the movie, The Wizard of Oz. I've only seen it once when I was a kid. I can't tell you why I don't like it. I don't know. I never went back to watch it. I think I watched it when I was 10 years old. And I just, as an adult, attributed it to the fact that I didn't like when she went into um, Munchkin Land. And I do think I just, it, as a kid, in, in seeing this yellow brick road and the monkeys and whatever it was, because people like, was it the flying monkeys? I can't really tell you. I just don't like the movie. So I was playing with this conversation with Bruce and this idea of Wizard of Oz and um, this movie. And then in between all of that, my own personal journey that's happening over this past weekend, which is talking with one brother to go back and see my mother in New York and then the other brother who's walked us and the old, my own family dynamics that are extremely challenging and difficult and how much I have separated from them in order to have my full self and how can I still be in contact with the one brother right now and still own my identity and who I am in you know, because they don't necessarily approve of me and whatever. I'm not going to get into that story right now. But there's so much about home and there's, you know, I moved to um, Marin County, which I shared and I don't really, um, I kind of isolate here. Even though I play a lot of tennis and I talk to my neighbors and stuff like that, I'm, I'm really doing this very inner journey right now, which has been very beneficial for me. And my animals are everything. And during this, um, two months ago, I lost my cat unexpectedly and it really shook me and then ever since then my other animals have been having these experiences things have been going on where I'm rushing them to emergency or I, the cat's not the other cat's not eating I had two cats and two dogs right so I had three cats and two dogs and the cat died unexpectedly like I couldn't even tell it was sick so I've been this past weekend I had to rush my one dog Venus into the vet and they're not the easiest dogs they're shepherds and I'm like you got to muzzle I muzzled her I'm like, I think she has a foxtail up her nose. That's a weed. She keeps sneezing. Um, will you take her? And the vet, Fairfax vet, really, I have thankfully finally found really great vets. When I start telling the story about Marin and what went on here and, oh my goodness, the crazy experience with the animals, like I can't tell that yet until I move, but I will tell that story. So anyway, I dropped Venus off and I'm like, something's going on here with all the animals. And I call my friend Anna Maria Vasquez, who's an amazing psychic medium and she's an animal communicator and she does a lot with nature and she's also one of the authors in the common sentience book series that um you heard about in the intro so i called her up and i was like actually messaged her and i said you know I, I'm, something's going on with me animals i really need help asking for help is a really really great thing and she got back to me right away and she's like i have this 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 available when do you want to talk and i set it up for saturday morning 
And then um, the vet called me and they did pull a foxtail out of Venus's nose and everything was okay. And um, I went to pick Venus up and they didn't have the muzzle on her. And I was like, why don't you have the muzzle on her? And they were like, the woman, the vet tech was like, oh, she let us pet her. She was great. She wasn't trying to bite us at all. She was amazing. And I was like, really? And she, they were like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you may be my new vets now. And I put Venus in the car and I take her home and I take her for a little walk and she can't even walk. And I'm like, she's stoned out of her mind. That's why she's not trying to bite you. I was just like laughing, but she was fine and everything. I talked with Anna Maria on Saturday. I went through this, you know, it was really, really great. She gave me some great feedback, some great consciousness, some great understanding about what's going on in my life. And I had this whole day on Saturday where I went for a run and I played tennis went for a hike and I went for a run. I, I kind of like overdid it, but I had a lot of emotions inside of me and I needed to work through them. And, um, and I, I, and that helps me to work through them sometimes. And I came home and did some stretches and just started crying. Cause I was thinking about my ex, Chris, who passed away, um, in October of 2019, same year as my father, two important, very important males in my life. And they both passed away the same year. So it was kind of one of those cathartic days and nights, and it was good for me, but I was also just had a lot of emotions inside because I'm creating change in my life. So Sunday I went and played tennis and then um, came home and had a conversation with one of my, with my brother who I'm speaking to, you know, who's speaking to me, I should say, <laughs> the other brother isn't speaking to us. And, um, and everybody has their own reasons. I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm not going to do that publicly in a public forum. Um, I don't know that I would do that. We do that in therapy just to figure stuff out, but that's it. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. So it was, a, it was kind of a disruptive conversation. It was a difficult conversation. And then I just went and had my day where I took my dogs to um, the car wash. And then we went to Office Depot and then we went to Home Depot. And they're really, really big dogs. And they were so, they're so good out because they've been trained so much on how to be out in public places. And then I came home and last night when I was sleeping, before I went to sleep, um, it was kind of a lot of emotions in me. And I went to the Wizard of Oz because I was like, you know what? I don't even know this movie. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I'm like, what about it bothered me? So there's little snippets on YouTube. And I watched like the first snippet where they take away. It's the snippet I picked. And it was where they take Toto away from her. And it was heart-wrenching. And then I watched a tiny bit where she was in Munchkin Land on the Yellow Brick Road. And, and Belinda the Good Witch is there and goes away. I mean, it's such a fascinating movie. Now I'm going to have to watch the whole thing, probably. But then she goes away in a little bubble, the guides, and she's on the Yellow Brick Road. And then I watched a tiny bit more with um, the Tin Man, because I was curious about the Tin Man. I found that interesting. And then somehow I got to the snippet of, because I didn't watch all of them, just little pieces, because I was like, oh, now I know what's bothering me. And I'm going to tell you in a second where the witch takes the dog because she can't have her ruby slippers. And I'm like, no wonder why this movie bothered the heck out of me. They kept taking her safety away, which was her dog. And all through all of this, this is why I want you to pay such close attention in a conscious, beautiful way to your life. So. Last week with my therapist, I worked on 9-11 and when I went back into the, I'd struggled and she kept, I kept trying to go in and go in and go in and I was just hitting a wall, no emotions at all. And I could feel myself struggling with going into that time and not wanting to go there. And when I finally went in the, the waterfall crying and I recognized that New York was such a big part of my life it was so huge for me. But it was my last home. It was taken away. I didn't feel safe there at all any longer. And I felt very safe in Manhattan. I was I'm not going to get into that story now, but I probably will share stories about that because I feel like it's a really important part of my life. And it's when my psychic abilities and mediumship abilities really started opening up again, but I didn't understand them. So I realized, wow, my home was ripped away. And then here I am navigating where I'm living and navigating the idea of home, which is my family and my father passed away and my mother has Alzheimer's and I'm really not speaking, not very close to my brothers, you know, one brother, I'm going to say we're really working through it. 
And um, so that's not a sense of home. And one of the things I shared with my therapist is that I, I knew 9-11, I was super afraid of my animals. And I was worried about them and about them getting hurt and then perishing and me not being there because they were my safety. The first time I went to an acting class and I shared this story and um, the acting teacher it was a method class where you have to create a sense memory place. And she said, create a place of safety. She walked away. She came back. She goes, how you doing? I'm like, I don't have any safe place. And then she said, well, did you have a dog when you were growing up? And I said, yeah. And I lit up right away. And, I, and she's like, did you feel safe with the dog? I said, completely. She goes, okay, create the dog. So dogs are such a huge thing for me for safety. And then when I was watching the snippets of the wizard of Oz, I was like, no wonder why I hated this movie. They kept taking her dog away. They kept taking her safety away. So I couldn't handle it. So I want you to recognize, maybe you don't live your life this way. And that's totally cool. Just because I do doesn't mean you have to, but we have themes throughout our life. At least this is what I feel, at least for my own. And they are always giving us information so that we can up level and go to the next level of our life. And no, number one, you have a great foundation. You've worked through it. I worked through it in acting class. And then I worked through it in therapy around 9-11. And now I'm going even deeper into it because the more I put my stories out there, the more I allow myself to really be seen, the vulnerability, the more I am working on feeling safe in myself and with everything. And the more I can see this through line in my life of all these things and understand like my own magical journey, my own magical life and how things work out in them and everything, everything's a symbol. When people ask me when I do dream work with them and they say, what's a symbol in the dream? I'm like, everything, everything is a symbol. You're a symbol in the dream. Your aunt Martha is a symbol in the dream. Everything's a symbol. Jennifer Aniston, this cast of friends sometimes show up in my dreams and I hear they show up in other people's dreams too. They're a symbol. Everything's a symbol. So sitting in all of this right now, I know that I'm in this magical transformation and I'm choosing not to back down from it does not mean it's comfortable. Does not mean that I'm not having, today's a vulnerable day for me for some reason emotionally, but I'm still recording my podcast. I'm still showing up. Because actually, I really enjoy this. This is incredible to be able to share my life with all of you and to hear from people that it's really benefiting them. Is me, it means the world to me. So I want to share a bit about, I didn't tell you how to ask powerful questions, but I will come back to that, I promise. But I want to read a bit of my journal. And the reason why I want to share this with you is because I want to take you back to a time in my life. I'm going back and reading them now and I'm like, holy mackerel what I was going through and wow, how far I've come. And all of you have come so far. If you're listening to me, you've done work on yourself and you've come so far. And I see this all the time in my communities and membership for your soul and soul finder Academy. And I said it to soul finder Academy last week. I was like, you guys, and we said this in membership recently too, you've got to celebrate yourself. You're doing the work. You're doing amazing. No matter what struggles are showing up in your life, you're showing up with the struggles and you're doing amazing. Okay, so I wanted to find the area. You don't know this, I paused. The area of my journal to read to you. I think this is going to be a longer podcast than normal, but hopefully it'll benefit you. So um, this is a vulnerable experience of me, of mine, to read my journal to all of you, but I really want to share it with you. So I'm picking it up in the middle. I wrote this, um, I think it was about, I'll tell you exactly what date it was. I wrote quite a bit. Uh, 9.14.01 on a Friday, approximately 12 noon. I wrote it three days after 9-11, because um, I went out into the Hamptons. I couldn't handle being in Manhattan any longer. By the way, I journal every morning, so I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of journals. I recommend it. It's a really great tool to brain dump. I'm really trying to change how I've been changing how I do it. So it's not just a brain dump. I also talk about future and really incite some great questions for myself to really get me into vibration of where I'm going, not where I came from. Okay. I feel I'm walking around again in my own family curses and only Chris can understand because he has had trauma as a kid and he feels things the way I do. By the way, this is not going to be well-written. It makes me really stand out among my friends because not many of them come from the background I do of living in constant fear and terror in my own home. I went to St. Vincent's to see 
Let's call her Rachel, because I don't have her permission yet. I needed to see her, to be near her and hug her. Now I know why she's a cop. She has to shut down these feelings in order to do her job. I sat with her a while and constantly felt better, and instantly felt better than Chris. I felt sat with her a while and instantly felt better. Then Chris called and told me that to tell me that there is a bomb threat at the Empire State Building. He was scared because they were evacuating all the buildings around the Empire State Building, which meant people were running by him on the street. And he had to close up. He worked at a restaurant. That's a side note. Rachel called command controlled and told me to go home. I ran home. In other words, my friend who was a cop said, it's a bomb scare. Go, run home. I ran home and asked, I don't have this person's permission either. So I'm just going to change names except Chris because Chris is no longer with us. So I think he'll be fine with it. He would actually probably like it. I ran home and asked Karen to stay on the phone with me. She did after a while, she after a while wanted to hang up to go up on the roof and watch. I never heard from her after that. Jason called me twice the second time to tell me it was okay. It, it was okay. I got home and cried and cried. And now I and now I know I need to get out of Manhattan. I called my father and brother and some other friends, I'm not gonna say who, and decided that I needed to leave the next day. My brother stayed on the phone with me until I could fall asleep. I kept imagining a bloody man, a pilot in my bedroom by my door. So my mediumship skills were opening up, this is a side note, and I didn't know that the pilot, the bloody pilot, was actually the spirits coming to me. They came to me quite a bit. And I noticed during this, I actually noticed in my journals, that, uh, especially in this journal, that I was picking up an energy in the city that something was going wrong. But I wasn't one of those people that like, I knew this was going to happen. That wasn't my experience of it. But my cards were telling me and I was just picking up stuff. I don't like picking up um, life events like this. So I actually asked my guides to not give me this because it would be too much for my anxious body. So I'll just read that part again. My brother stayed on the phone with me until I could fall asleep. I kept imagining a bloody man, a pilot in my bedroom by my door. This is what post-traumatic stress does to me. When I try to share this with my friends, they don't understand what I'm talking about. The next morning, I called my mother to tell her I wanted to go to East Hampton. We got into a fight about my cats. I'm crying nonstop now. I'm scared and tired. She tells me I always get my way and I can't have my way now and the cats can't come. I'm furious with her and hurt. That she refuses to acknowledge the things that are important to me. I hang up. I luckily have a therapy session to go to. I call Gina and she says I can come there. She's a little distant and cold. My mother has gone into the mode of how she raised me with that, uh, that very coldness and that robotic type responses. Sometimes I just feel pure hatred behind all of her choices. It's the same hatred I felt as a little girl. The way I felt she hated me. I went to therapy. I walked there part of the way. I refuse to ride on a subway. Some van makes a noise, and a woman and I jump because we don't see anyone in it. We both think it's a bomb. I go to therapy and have a good session. Wendy, I'll say my therapist's name. I don't think she'll mind. Is she was my therapist back then? I'm very good therapist. Wendy is still a constant in my life. She says to remember my struggle and my foundation. And when things happen like that, to feel my grounded feet on the floor. And what's fascinating is a side note of reading that now is it's something I teach my students to feel grounded when they're communicating with their guides. And I didn't recognize that she was someone who was giving me that earlier teaching because this is before I knew how to talk to guides and stuff like that. She tells me a lot more, but I'm too dazed. I go to Chris and he still has the dis this distance to him that always bothered me and kept me from wanting to go back, be back with him. I love him with all my heart, but I don't want him as a lover. It's pouring now, which will only make the rescue efforts harder. Anyway, I go to work. One client, I didn't want to get on the train at all during that time, and I was living in Chelsea. And the guy I'm working with understands that I won't. So I'm just going to skip over a couple of parts. Um, anyway, I went home, whatever. I went, I went to work. I saw two women fighting. Cars honking because of the traffic. Men are back to leering and tempers are flaring. 
I want out. The Empire State Building is being evacuated again. I walk home again, and I feel I have no one. Amy calls, which is nice. I've reestablished contact with her, and she's more real to me than people I used to talk to. I call Gina and leave a message. I feel I have no one. I leave a message for Karen. I call Janice, and she's weird, distant, and unaffected by all this. I write her off. I can't describe what I'm going through to anyone. I just feel alien to myself in this world. I go to Figs, which is the restaurant of Christopher's, and there are too many people there. Chris is uncomfortable, and so am I. I get food to go and go home. Helen calls. I don't think she'll mind if I use her name. That is nice, and I talk to her. I call Gina. She doesn't want to talk, and she has her sister and niece there. I feel alone once again. My father comes to get me, and I have to say goodbye to my cats. I fear I'll never see them again. Karen finally calls back, and I tell her I'm leaving the city. So this is the friend that I was on the phone with running home because of the bomb scare, and she's like, oh, I want to go up to the roof and watch. And she never called me back to see if I was okay. And we were all in a lot of trauma. So I understand it now reading back at it. But she finally called like days later. And she says, or a day later, she says, are you all right? I'll tell her I'll call her later. I don't. I'm done. My father drives like a maniac, which only heightens my traumatic feelings. He curses and screams, which keeps me in the war zone. I get to my mother and she is cold and distant. I call people from the car. The constants through this, and I just name all the people that are there for me, which there were many, like my good friend Brooke, she wouldn't mind me saying it. My brother Gerard, who I do speak to, um, a cousin, my friend Rachel, and actually a, a little bit of my mother and father are there and stuff. That is it. Mainly my family and a few others. And the way I see friends and family has changed forever, forever. So I'm going to leave that where that's at. And um, I am somebody who, as I look back at this and blessed to have always cultivated good friendships in my life. And at that point, a lot of those friendships were going away. And um, I was just feeling like many people, I don't know what their experiences were, um, but I was feeling very isolated, very alone. I was also really in the city by the triage. There's a heightened energy to space. So I can't sit here and disclaim what other people are feeling and what I was feeling based on that. You know, I'm not going to do this comparison thing. It's not about that. The main thing I want to take from that to share with all of you is how lost and alone and how losing my animals, I was just petrified of. Like leaving the cats in Manhattan and Chris took care of them was really scary. So I share all of this with you because I want you to see how far people grow from a difficult moment in their life and how things can change and how constant work towards things can make you become more and more of who you want to become. So it's so important that one of the things I want to share with you is that you recognize your boundaries. I had a conversation with a friend of mine last week and she was talking about something that someone was doing to her. And I said, it doesn't matter if that person is doing it intentionally or not. It matters how you feel because boundaries are born out of your feelings. So we get to choose as individuals, you know, to not attack someone and say, you're doing this wrong or you're doing that wrong, because it's really not for us to judge. What we get to do is decide if what they're doing is okay with us. And then we get to communicate that. And then we get to see how they receive it or how they show up with it without pointing fingers. So a lot of times if I have to communicate a boundary, I may say to the person, it may, it's, it's, I know it's not your intention to do A, B, and C, and it makes, but I just want to let you know that when you do A, B, and C, my experience, the way I feel it, the way I experience it is D, G, and F, which is uncomfortable for me. And it's not your thing. It's just what my experience is. And usually really good friends will be able to hear that and say, oh my goodness, I didn't know. Thank you so much for letting me know. Let me um, be more conscious of it. So that's one of the things I kind of want to teach in all of this is boundaries. The other thing I want to share with you is how to be empowered in what you do and ask powerful questions, especially if you're going to go to people who are going to work with you. So one of my community, uh, somebody in my community was talking about going to a, see a healer and the healer said that there was something attached to her and she got all freaked out about it, a little bit freaked out about it. And she was asking the community what to do when something like that happens. 
and they responded really great. Um, in membership for your soul, people are like, you know, you have free will, you can let it go. And my thing to all of you is you have to, I believe in free will. I believe that nothing has the right to attach to me. So when I go to my healer, who I absolutely love, absolutely love her. And she'll say, you had five attachments. I removed them. I'll be like, oh, thank you. But it has no bearing on me. But I appreciate the work she does and how she does it. Because maybe what she sees is as attachments. I just see as um, painful situations I was holding on to that I needed to release. So I don't have this. We don't have this disempowering relationship. We have this very mutual respect. Her name is Angela Norwich, my angel connection. She's wonderful. We have this mutual respect for each other so that I trust her completely because she's not going to, if I said that to her, I never even shared it in a session because I don't need to. She would receive it really well because that's the way she is. She doesn't have ego when she does her work. So when you go and work with someone, whether they're a healer or a body worker, especially body workers, um, especially healers, but even a psychic or a medium, you want to go, you're going in vulnerability. You're going to get answers and you're asking questions, right? The vulnerable questions, but you want to be able to receive the information, decipher it and decide if it's good for you. So with this one student, she was like, didn't say like, she didn't say anything bad about the, the healing sounded like it was good. And she wasn't talking about it. She was like, what do I do that this doesn't happen? And people were giving her suggestions on what to do. And I will, I will talk about that in another episode. So you guys can be, um, I know I've done a little bit of it, but I'll talk about space clearing and um, how to own your own space, even with um, energies, because I spoke to somebody else who's not in this space, right? She's a business owner, very successful business owner, but she has these gifts and she's wanting to open up to them more because it's going to help her clients. And she said to me, you know, I'm a, I don't want to open up and allow anything but the highest light. In. And I said, well, if you, if you're working with me, you're not inviting anything in that's not of the highest light and highest alignment with you. And they're not allowed in that those energies are not allowed in. So I want to just empower you. Like I share my journal with you because I'm getting ready to write the second piece. And I want you to get to know me on this level. And this is a vulnerable experience for me, but it's okay. But I also want to show you that I wasn't always there. I was, that was a, not a good time for me. That was a really difficult time for a lot of people. I'm not taking away anybody's pain. I'm talking about my own. But yet that and being in therapy and then these spirits showing up to me and then getting locked in rooms and then getting seven stitches in my head and then going to see a psychic and the psychic telling me I actually have that reading in this journal. I didn't know it was in this journal, this particular journal around 9-11 was that same psychic I went to who told me the dead were trying to reach me. And I read the reading um, that she did for me in this journal. And, it, you know, all of that, like you could see this through line and through all of it, you do the work on yourself and you do the work with your guides and you get the answers that are sitting in the seat of your soul and it takes you to the next level. And instead of getting stuck in the place of why is this happening to me now? It's more of why is this happening for me? That wasn't from me. Somebody else came up with that, but I like that. Why is this happening for me? And how do I move into solution from it? So I want to suggest one more thing, and then we're going to do a quick little journey, a quick little fun journey, because I was hoping we'd have more time for it, but I'll do more of these with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm enjoying this too much. Um, I want you to. Somebody had said something to me, um, they were sharing stuff with me. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't have the permission for this particular story. And she's very good at visualizing things for other people. And she's been a very, um, a really great benefit to me in that way with this podcast, with my second podcast, with a lot of things. And I said to her, you have a gift of seeing some really great things in my life, some creative aspects, a visualization and putting the pieces together. And I said, thank you so much. You know, it's been really a benefit. And thank you for telling me to watch that particular show and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's been really beneficial for me. And then she uh, sent me a message back saying, you know, wow, that meant a lot to me. Thank you so much. Um, I didn't realize that. And I said back to her, you know, we, we, we look at these gifts, like I need to see clairvoyantly like that person, or I need to hear like this person, or I need to talk to dead people like that person. And your gift may be all of that, 
And what you do with it is you're able to see someone's soul or you're able to visualize their path or you're able to notice where they get themselves stuck or you're able to see their gifts that they can't see. There are so many gifts out there and yours are so personal to you because they have your life experience in it. They have your lessons in it. They have what you love to study in it. And then they become this magical brand for you. If you want to build a business, even if you don't, you have something really special in you that is of service to others and never in a detriment to yourself. Cause I don't believe in that, you know, it's always in um, a benefit for everybody involved. Me being able to share these stories with you or, or share things with my students and then them seeing them light up and, and have them go on these magical journeys. You know, the biggest gift for me, can't even get the words out. The biggest gift for me is seeing people believe in themselves. That's the biggest gift for me because no one believed in me. And that's not totally true about everybody in my life. I, would, I don't think I'd be here if I didn't have some belief in me when I was going through stuff. But I really had to believe in myself first and foremost. And I think even, even when people believe in you, you have to believe in yourself, right? So that is the most magical thing to me is to see my community, my students believe in themselves. So let's do some believing in yourself right now. So I spray rose water on my hands when I do this work. Um, I used to use vodka and lavender oil. It was taught to me by my first tarot teacher, but now I use rose water. And I make my own now. I used to use um, those, the Edgar Casey ones, the rose petal rose water that I like, Legacy for Life, but now I make my own. Uh, so what I want you to think about is a question surrounding something about believing in yourself. Maybe you're, you're thinking about whatever you're thinking about in your life. There's a change in your life that you're thinking about and you need to summon up the power uh, inside yourself to believe in yourself that you could really make this happen. And maybe you go in and out of believing it. Maybe, you, um, maybe you're fully believing it, but you wanna go further. Maybe you're not believing it at all. I don't know where you are on the spectrum. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about belief for yourself. So what I want you to do, you don't have to close your eyes for this. I'm going to probably close my eyes a little bit just to take you on this journey. But even if you're washing the dishes, if you're doing laundry, if you're, um, I wouldn't be watching TV or reading a book. It's more the mindless activities. You could be walking in nature. You could be running, whatever you're doing. I want you to think of that thing that you really want to believe in yourself. Okay. And I'm going to do it in real time with you because I find that sometimes I think it's two, two, two. I'll talk about that in a second. Let me write that down. Um, I want you to, to write, to believe in, to think about something like a question around the belief in yourself. You know, what do I need to believe in myself even more to make this move? What do I need to believe in myself even more to write that book? What do I need to believe in myself even more to have the financial abundance that I crave? It's a great way to ask questions because that's an empowering question. That's not a disempowering question of, can I make more money? That's disempowering. Empowering is, what do I need to believe in myself in order to be more financially abundant? What do I need to believe in myself to be a TV personality? What do I need to believe in myself to meet the romantic partner that's going to love and see me? Let's do that. Okay, so everybody take a minute. Not a minute. We're not going to do a minute. But I'm going to do this too in real time with you. Because I don't know where they're going to take me or what they're going to do. Okay. Anchor that question into a part of yourself that feels very connected to your inner wisdom. So it could be your heart. It could be your third chakra or your stomach below, um, above your navel. It could be your pelvis. Some, a lot of things happen in the first chakra because that's um, foundational work and belief systems. So just send your breath to a certain place inside your body where this question of believing in yourself and the answer lie. Now you don't need to know the answers. You may not even get the answers right now, but it does not matter. What matters is, is the intention and the trust and the faith and the surrendering 
of the question and the believing that the answers are there. I want you to see the question as a ball of light inside of you and it's just spinning around and it doesn't have to be a big ball. It's just this ball of light. It could be whatever color you want it to be. And next to it is a ball of light that has all the answers. And they're both spinning together in partnership next to each other. And as they spin, they're becoming one. So the question that you have about what you need to believe in yourself is now around and around and becoming part of the answers to what you need to yourself to believe in yourself. And whether your eyes are open or closed, it doesn't matter. I just want you to send breath to the spinning ball of light that holds both your question and your answer. And when you send breath to it, what you're doing is you're saying, I trust. I trust that my life, I trust the way it's unfolding. I trust that the answers are coming to me. So just take a couple of breaths now into that spinning ball of light where the question is, and it's getting answered with the answers. And as you're breathing into it, I'm gonna take you through a series of questions. And I want you to trust everything that comes through. And I want you to recognize that you can get these answers at any moment. You don't need to be in deep meditation. You could be washing the dishes or doing the laundry or walking the dog, it doesn't matter. So as you're breathing into the question and the answers, I want you to scan with your eyes all around you, just looking and seeing what's around. And your eyes may want to fall on something. Stop. Where are your eyes? What are they looking at? How does it feel? to be looking at this item. What do you feel? Feeling is something that people deny or don't pay attention to. And it is such a quick way to communicate with your guidance and your soul. So how do you feel looking at this item? Even if what you feel is nothing, describe it to yourself. Take a minute now to do that. Notice where you feel it. Do you feel it somewhere in your body? what you just described? Is it in your heart chakra? Is it in your throat? Is it in your stomach? Notice where it is. And if you know the chakras, notice which chakra it is in. Now, where did this item come from? Did you purchase it? Was it a gift? Was it something God made? Where did this item come from? And I want you to actually answer it for yourself and notice how you answer it because there's information in every single thing. The way you may answer something if we're holding the same item and the way I may answer it are two different ways. And you wanna pay attention to the way you answer things because you're the instrument. You're the vessel for the communication. So where did this item come from? Do you have a memory associated with this item? So my item is, I'll give you an example. It's the tree outside my window, the tree tops. So I have a very specific memory about trees, not this specific tree, but it reminds me of these weeping willow trees that were on my grammar school's grounds. And I remember sitting under that tree and just loving it and feeling so safe and protected. So what memory do you have of the item? It could be something simple like a, a hair product, but you may have a memory associated with it. So pause right now and give yourself the time for that memory to come up. And you can speak it out loud to just understand it deeper, why your guides are showing you that particular item. Do that now. Now we're going to focus on sound. So I want you to listen either with your inner ear or your physical ears and pick a sound. So if you're listening with your inner ear, you may hear a sound. I'm hearing birds right now tweeting my head. I've heard a bells. 
You may hear a sound that's in your head that's not actually out in the world. Or you may hear the birds singing outside or somebody cutting grass or a horn honking. honking. So right now, just listen for a sound and notice which sound wants to be the most prominent. So when you lean into that sound, where do you feel it in your body? And why do you think you feel it in that part of your body? How does it feel to feel it in your body? And why do you think this sound is coming through? And some people may be hearing a sound in the physical world, and you may be like, well, Marilyn, it's the loudest thing right now that I'm hearing. There's a reason you're hearing that sound right now at this moment. So why do you think you're hearing that sound? So I'll give you a quick example for me so it could help you to understand what you're doing with yourself. I heard bells, internal bells. I felt it in my heart. I was standing in my heart and it felt really, really good and expansive and amazing. And then it was the bells that I heard um, on the tennis court when I went to play in the middle of a Monday afternoon with my coach and I heard the church bells and I was standing on the court thinking, wow, I have so much freedom in my business that in the middle of the day I could leave and take a lesson with my coach and play tennis and do what I love to do. So it was very expansive, very amazing to feel that. Yours may be disturbing. Don't be afraid of anything that comes up. There are no right or wrong answers. So what is the sound telling you? Like the, the bells were telling me the, the expertise about it, like to open up, to expand, to feel the peacefulness of it all, to know that I can do anything, that I can create this life, that I did create this life, that I can create more. So lean into that sound, lean into all that information and ask yourself, what is this sound telling you about believing in yourself? What is it opening you up to? Now, I want you to imagine that your guides are giving you something to smell. What are they giving you to smell? And I want you to imagine smelling it. What are you smelling? How does it feel to smell it? Why do you think they gave you that item to smell? Is there a story behind it? Is it something you love to smell? Is it something that makes you feel ugh? Why do you think they gave you that item to smell, especially around your question? Now this item is singing you a song. Continue to use your imagination. What song is it singing to you? Why do you think it's singing you that song? Why? So I got honeysuckles. I'm just gonna walk you through what I go through so you can understand and you have a, a reference point. And I bought honeysuckles at the nursery on Sunday and I went to this uh, Home Depot nursery, did not realize how big and beautiful and amazing it was. And I've been missing my backyard in LA and I have a front deck. So I started, I put up trellis on Saturday and I went and bought some flowers that could grow in um, the shade. And I got honeysuckles because they can grow in the shade and honeysuckles have a huge significance for me. It's not something I would normally gravitate towards, but it reminds me of grammar school again and picking the honeysuckle and my friend showing me how to pull it out and taste the nectar of the plant. So it's just answering a lot of questions for me and it's got a big significance. And then the song it gave me was Rockin' Robin. Now first they gave me, um, I can see clearly now, but they always give me that song. And I said, uh, uh, I want another song. And they said, okay, Rockin' Robin. Now I don't sing that song. I don't listen to that song. And then I went over to Google to Google it, the, the lyrics, and I was blown away because it said, the wise old owl 
the wise old owl, the big black crow, flapping their wings, singing, go bird, go. And what's incredible to me is I had this whole experience on Saturday, not a Saturday, last week, where I did something that I, I never do. I came out of the closet on my personal page. I did a Facebook Live. I usually keep things pretty private on my personal page. And and I was like, I couldn't believe I did it on my personal page. And I was like, oh my goodness, how was that? Was that okay? And then I went for a walk with the dogs. And I was like, I wonder if the owl's going to be here. And I hadn't seen him since last year. And there he was. And then he came out again when I had another question, another big thing that happened in my business. And I went and looked and there he was. And if those of you remember the hike that I took you on, the black crow was very significant. So they know what they're doing, my guides. I don't listen to the song Rock and Robin or sing it, but they knew that I needed to see that. So go look up the lyrics of that song. See what your guides are telling you. So now what do you do with all of this? What you do is number one, you're still in the question. The answers are coming through. You may not be making complete sense of it, but you're saying, I'm willing to learn. I want to know. I want to grow. I want to expand. And therefore, you start having a dialogue with the universe, with your guides, and you get into communication, constant communication. And what you want to do is take all this information and apply it to your question. And it may not give you the full answer, but it's already expanding you into solution. Because you're taking your mind off of limitation or what am I, what do I need to believe or why can't I believe this about myself or what's going on or why am I stuck? And you're going into, well, I saw treetops and they have a huge significance for me and they, you know, the weeping willow is huge for me. And then the trees here, I bought this house purposely because I was staring at the trees and trees make me feel safe and grounded and connected to God and the universe and felt it in my heart. And then I heard the bell and it's reminding me how much I've created in my business and how incredible it's been that I've created the life that I desire. You know, someone like me, who, who nobody showed this to me and I just kept learning and learning. And then the honeysuckles, the sweetness and the nectar of life and how this house is really allowing me to come out even more creatively. And I knew it. That's why I moved here so I could write my books and I'm doing this podcast and growing my business, you know. So it, it, what do I need to believe in myself in particular would be believing that you're getting the information and keep moving forward. And there would be more there to it. So I want you to take all of this and apply it to your question and just be in the energy of it if you don't have a full-on answer. Because I teach this thing, the dot, dot, dot technique, which I'll be teaching in the um, soulful celebration that we're doing. And I'll teach it down the line too on the podcast as well. It's too much to go into now, but basically you don't want to put a period at the end of anything. You want to have dot, dot, dot and be the investigator even more. Like why? And then you may be walking and all of a sudden start seeing uh the signs that you saw, the honeysuckles are hearing the sound. And when you hear the sound, you may be outside and like, oh, there's that horn honking. What am I thinking about? What's going on? What is it telling me to do in the moment? And you really start having this incredible dialogue with the universe. So there you go. I'm going to tell you what 222 means in a second, but I am going to let you know also that I recorded this podcast yesterday and then this half, the meditation part did not get recorded for some reason. So I had to come back day later and finish it. But I feel like it was pretty seamless. If it didn't feel seamless, that's why. <laughs> but I just, I had all my notes from yesterday's meditation. I also did a soul session with my SFAers, Soul Finder Academyers. And we did a channel session where they worked with their higher self and they met a guide. And we did um, a lot of these sense memory things, sense things. And um, they got incredible, incredible answers. So I do hope that you play with this, play with this some more. You don't have to be in deep meditation to get these answers. Being in meditation is quite magical and amazing and incredible too. Two, two, two. So that was the number I saw yesterday when I started the meditation. It's a very significant number. Whenever you see numbers in threes, there's a major life lesson happening. Whenever you get three major arcana cards in the tarot deck, if you're doing a, um, a reading, three major or even more if you're doing a, a bigger spread, it means that there's a major message in that experience, in that number, and it's really calling your attention to it. Twos are about partnership, so I feel like for this, it's about partnership itself, partnership with the symbols, partnership with the universe, partnership with your breath, partnership with the answer, even the partnership of the question and the answer is uh, being portrayed in this number. So there's the twos in your life, partnership with your soul, partnership with your guides, and then it equals a six, which is all about family, friends, and community. So it's like by operating in this 
arena by doing this work, by being part of being part of my community in who can it be now? And maybe you're on my Facebook page or Instagram, wherever you are, you're now entering into a community of like-minded souls and you're getting to grow and expand your partnership with yourself, with the universe, with your guides. So that's the two, two, two meeting. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. And as always, please do subscribe, rate and share and review. That would be great. Please do share my podcast with people that you feel would really benefit from the information. And uh, if you are interested in the Soulful Celebration, please come join us. Go to joinsoul.com. And no matter when you're listening to this, go check it out and see if something's going on on that page. Thank you so much. And I will see you in next week's episode. Have an incredible day or night whenever you're listening to this. And oh, what I would really love is for you to drop me a line and tell me what you learned in this process. That would be amazing. So you can email us at info at who can it be now podcast.com. I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.